Good morning, everybody. I'm back with episode 10 of Kaiser Nation Radio. This is the third take of me trying to get this on the air, so hopefully this one takes. We'll see how it goes. I'm trying some new technology, so if things are really different, please let me know. Uh, So today we're talking about the Open. Um, So Sam's already started kind of leaking some details about it. There's a spot up on the whiteboard about the Open, uh, but I wanted to dive into a little bit of the history of the Open, um, what that means for affiliates, and then why I love the Open so much as an athlete, as a coach, and as a gym owner. And so those of you who have been around for a few years know that there's a lot of changes here in the Open. And so I want to kind of look back onto the history of the CrossFit Games, the Open, and why these changes come about and how they're a good thing. Um, So those of you who don't know what the Open is at all, we'll start there. So the Open is um, once a year, it's a global online competition hosted by CrossFit headquarters. Um, And it is a a chance for every single CrossFit athlete in the world to be on the same playing field doing the same workout. And it's interesting. So once a year uh, during the Open, there's five weeks in a row. So we have five weeks of the Open. And every Thursday night during that period, CrossFit headquarters will release a workout. Every affiliate in the world does that workout on Friday. Um, And most of them do some kind of in-house competition like we are. Um, But everybody does the same workouts um, in the same way, judged in the same fashion, uh, and we submit our scores online. And so this is really cool because we get to see um, a lot of analytics. We get to see, first of all, how you compare to year to year. You get to, it ranks you up by your, your, your state, your occupation, the world, um, region, all these different metrics. Um, and there's actually custom leaderboarding this year, which is super cool, and I'll talk about that later. But the, the, the Open gives you a chance to um, compare yourself to the rest of the CrossFit community. And I know every day I'm always, I'm always saying don't compare yourself to other people, but if you look at the baseline, it's a good way to track, it's a good way to track your progress over many years. Um, so I don't necessarily want you to uh, compare yourself to the training partners in the gym, but looking against the whole population of the CrossFit community, it's cool to see how the community itself grows and how you grew within that community. So Thursday night, CrossFit will release a workout in previous years, they've done they called open announcements. They take two high-level athletes, they would announce the workout, and then 10 minutes later, the athletes would have to do the workout that they just heard about. So there's not a lot of time for game planning or warm-up. They, they hit a quick general warm-up in the back. Once they figure out the workout, they do a few specific things, and then they're off. And it's a really cool opportunity for uh, regular athletes like us to get to see how a top-level competitor attacks an unknown workout for the first time. 90% of the time they end up redoing it because there's definitely some gamesmanship that happens up at that level. But it's really cool to see um, see a high, high-level athlete get absolutely crushed by a workout that you're about to do the next day. Um, it definitely gives you some insights on what to do and what not to do. Um, and it also makes you feel a lot better the next day when you feel like you're going to die at minute three of the workout. So those of you that were around last year for the Open know that we did um, we did the superhero showdown so we did our in-house comp where we had um, two two large teams and the two teams competed against each other um, through and you accumulated points for your team through um, doing the workout on Friday night uh, doing it RX posting pictures on social media submitting your score online and we're gonna do this similar kind of thing this year with uh, some small changes so we're gonna have Um, three teams, me, Sam, and Matt will all be the heads of the team. Um, and then we will, um, assign everybody to the teams and try to spread everything out as evenly, um, as we can, um, through a draft setting. Everybody that signs up for the open 
uh, the three of us are going to get the get together and we're going to draft and me and Sam are debating on the idea of doing a live draft. I think that'll be super cool. Um, she had some good ideas in that realm. That's why I think exciting things are going to come out of it. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about the history of the Open, now that we, we kind of know what the, the Open is. And so uh, the Open has evolved along with CrossFit and the CrossFit Games. CrossFit as a training methodology has been around since the early 2000s and possibly earlier. I forget exactly when Glassman opened up CrossFit Santa Cruz, but um, 2007 was the first year where the CrossFit game started. And uh, 2007, 2008, it was a very small thing. At that point, there were there were on the order of dozens of gyms. There may have been over 100, but barely. And it was a small, tight-knit community. Um, a lot of previous uh, of, uh, of uh, retired soldiers and a lot of stuff like that. A lot of guys that came from that kind of background. So there was a lot of fitness and everybody knew each other. So everybody kind of already knew who were the fittest of the groups. And so, the original CrossFit Games is really just kind of a sign-up and invite-only kind of thing, and it was really more like a barbecue and a and a um, an opportunity for friends to drink beer together after they worked out. They did three or four events, um, one-day event, and then afterwards they all just hung out. And um, the first two years, it was actually uh, we call it the ranch. It's in Aromas, California, but it's Dave Castro's family's ranch, and so they're on their property to do the whole games for the 2007, 2008 games. Right at that time, CrossFit started exploding. And instead of having 100 gyms, CrossFit started adding hundreds of gyms a year. And so at 2009, CrossFit made the switch to um, the Staples Center, or the StubHub Center. Uh, it's changed names a few times in LA. And this was the, the first kind of introduction to ESPN to the sport in the first kind of large scale uh, large-scale marketing and display of the sport where people really started to see what the athletes are capable of. Um, this attracted a huge number of new athletes, brought in thousands of gyms, and with that, there became a need for a new qualification process. And it was no longer such a small grassroots movement. All of a sudden, there were thousands and thousands of athletes across the country, and the only way to know who was the fittest was to test them. And so this is where sectionals came from. So sectionals was a short-lived thing in 2009-2010. And it wasn't much different than a local competition. And so every region, not the same as the regions today, but this, each region had their own sectional competition. And so you'd go to this competition, and if you, um, if you performed at the top, you would earn your ticket to the CrossFit Games. And so this is the first qualification process. And that lasted for two years until 2011, when now we're talking about thousands of gyms are, are in CrossFit. And there needed to, there was a need for a more streamlined and more all-inclusive environment to start bringing in people. And a lot of it was the globalization of the sport. CrossFit started to reach overseas. Um, all of a sudden, L1s were starting to happening happening in Europe, in the Middle East, in, in Asia. And all these uh, communities were out there that didn't have access to a sexual competition to compete. Uh, Glassman and Castro wanted uh, to see a globalization of CrossFit as a training methodology, and they saw the CrossFit Games as a tool to um, increase the, the viewership of their training methodology and get the, get the word out there. And so they decided to shift to the Open. So now we refer to it as the Open Era, and the Open has always been this online competition that is that is performed at a CrossFit affiliate and judged by 
um, by official judges. And we can talk more about all that stuff later. But um, So during the open era, um, this gave the accessibility to hundreds of thousands of athletes. And last year, I think close to a half a million athletes signed up online for the Open and submitted their scores, uh, which is which is huge. And as a data nerd, that is awesome for me because I get to slice the data a thousand different ways and get to see all kinds of cool trends. Um, it's, it's changing how we see fitness and changing how we see exercise science and how we can um, change human health. It's a really cool time. But... For, um, so after sectionals. So sectionals happened in 2009, 2010. Uh, 2011 became the open era. And along with the open came regionals. So 2011 was the first year that there was a regional qualification process. And so what had happened was, um, and the numbers changed a little bit, but I'll talk the most recent numbers. As of last year, if you were top 20 in your region, you had to qualify for regionals. Um, regions are huge. So we're in the mid-Atlantic region which includes North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Um, and so that's huge. And then the South region, which is kind of our sister region, is South Carolina, Georgia, um, Florida, and I think Mississippi or Alabama. I Geography is not my strong suit. It's one of, one of those Southern states or those deep South states over there. Um, and those with two regions would come together and compete in a super region. So if you were in the top 20 in that whole Mid-Atlantic region, you got to go to regionals. To put that into perspective, that is absurdly fit. Um, for like for me, for example, it's a really good year for me if I hit top 500 in the region. And um, it's an exponential. There's, it's not like if I work a little bit harder, I'm making it into that top 100. Uh, the closer you get to the top, the more freakish those athletes get. If you're a top 100 region athlete, you are untouchable and you commit every day to training, sleeping, eating, and recovering um, as a full-time job. And most of them have full-time jobs, so it's very impressive what they're able to do. Uh, so the regionals, um, the reason why regionals are changing. So regionals is a cool event. Um, if you ever got a chance to go down to one of them, you know that it was kind of an interesting thing. Um, it, there's something off about it though, and everybody kind of felt it, and that's why CrossFit is changing how things work now. So regionals was a qualification process to get to the games. So the 20 athletes from each region would go to uh, the super region, so us in the southeast region would get together. So there'd be 40 high-level athletes, and of that, only the top five got to go to the games. So at the games, there'd be 40 men, 40 women, and they were the absolute tip of the spear, and they were, they were unthinkably fit. But the problem was that regionals was very expensive to put on. And so um, all regionals were uniform. So all the events were the same. All of the, the equipment was the same. And so they would do three regions a weekend for four or five weeks and have to have these huge staves to make them work, um, have tons and tons of equipment to put on these regions. Um, and then the, the transportation cost and then the venue cost of renting out some convention center somewhere. Um, regionals was a very expensive and a huge money pit for CrossFit. And there's a lot of analytics that show that the athletes that qualified from region regionals um, weren't any, regionals was not a better predictor for good athletes than the open was or these high level competitions like Wadapalooza and Granite Games. And so CrossFit took the idea to um, privatize 
that mid-level competition. And so now we have this thing called sanctionals. This is new to this year, and so it's still kind of a mess. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly how everything works. CrossFit's got the rules down pretty pat, but I'm still trying to figure them all out. Sanctionals is a play off of the sectionals that used to exist a few years ago. And so um, there's a few ways to qualify for the games this year. So the Open is still still a huge part of it. Um, if you are a top 20 worldwide, you get to go straight to the games. Um, and there's lots of data that shows that those guys always qualified anyway. If you were top 20 in the Open, um, the, I forget the percentage, but it's like 99% chance you're going to the games that year. Uh, and most of the, the exceptions were from injury, from athletes training for regionals to try to peak for regionals. Oh. Or um, something catastrophic happens like you know, like Sam Briggs. Um, Sam Briggs won the Open one year, but then didn't even make it to the games because of... of um, uh, a bad fall in a handstand walk one year. But anyway, the the trend was there, so they're happy making that move. The really big new thing, which is interesting, is the introduction of national champions. So new to this year, if you are the fittest person in your country, uh, as long as your country has an active CrossFit affiliate, um, you get to go to the CrossFit Games. There's a lot of controversy around this because clearly there's a lot of still up-and-coming countries that are new to CrossFit, and there are a lot of mid-level athletes in the U.S. that are better than maybe some of those national champions. Um, but I think that's a little bit short-sighted to think that way. I am very excited about this as a fan, uh, a fan of the sport and a fan of the methodology. What this is going to do is that's going to bring these small athletes, these small countries, into the global stage of the games and give them a taste of what it's like at the top. Uh, they might go in there and get embarrassed the first year or two, but I promise those athletes are hungry. You give them two or three years, and they're going to come back with a vengeance, and they're going to come back with their whole country behind them, um, maybe bringing even better athletes. We're going to find these genetic freaks out in the middle of nowhere who are going to be amazing at this. They just haven't discovered it yet. So four or five years from now, I'm confident that the American men are not going to be dominating the top of the leaderboard, and there's going to be a much better um, national mix on that leaderboard. It's going to be super cool to watch. So in addition to the national champions and the worldwide open there are 16 sanctional competitions so this is taking the place of regionals so um aside from one of those things if you uh, want to go to the games you have to go to one of these large competitions and some of them are there are wadapalooza there's dubai there's the granite games um there are all these competitions that crossfit came to these competitions have been around for years and they've proven themselves to be very competitive and um very thorough thorough in their tests crossfit came to them and said hey um we trust you guys to pick the fittest but we have some guidelines and so through some negotiation certain 16 competitions have been selected to be official crossfit sanctioned competitions if you win one of these you go to the crossfit games this is the only way for teams to make it now. The teams used to be in the open, but now the only way to make it is through sanctionals. And so now there's only going to be um, 15 teams at, at the games instead of instead of 40 teams of four to six people. Now we're going to have 15 teams or have way less people. But there's going to be a lot more individuals. Instead of 40 individuals, we're looking at 300. Or we're like uh, I think it was like 160 men and 160 women but they're going to do a little bit more elimination style so 
Um, at a certain point in the competition, if you were below a certain rank, you're going to be out. And so they're going to trim down the field so that the last day or two of competition is only going to be that final heat. It's going to be super exciting to watch. It's going to be a lot better as a spectator. So all this change, people always, people are always uncomfortable of change. But you can see throughout the course of the, the, the history of the games that change has happened a lot. Um, Glassman and Castro are both very proactive to stay on the forefront of the, of the change. Um, they don't want their company to become too lethargic or get stuck in their ways. Um, something better, a better idea came up, so they're going to do it. And that's kind of part of the whole cross mentality. The same thing happens in the gym. If we run into something that is more potent for your fitness than what we're doing right now, we're gonna incorporate it. Because what we care about is making you as fit as possible with uh, the as least amount of effort as possible. Now, it happens to turn out that it takes a lot of freaking effort to be fit. But if we find something that's really effective, you better believe that I'm gonna throw it in there, regardless of if it does not traditional CrossFit. And this is Kyron Cross's brand. Glassman, the CEO himself, he says that if he finds out that, uh, you know, something like Zumba is is more potent than thrusters, guess what? We're going to be doing it. Um, but the evidence hasn't shown that, so we're not. Um, so that's a little bit about the history of the Open, history of the CrossFit Games, and why it matters as a qualification process and, like, as an athlete. Um, and now we can talk a little bit about what the Open specifically means to the gyms. So clearly, none of us are going to qualify, right? Lee is the only one who's going to qualify for the games, and she actually has a slightly different process. Um, she actually kind of has two online qualifiers. She has the, the open and then uh, age group online qualifier, which is kind of like a second open. It's an online in-house competition where she's going to get um, a spot to go to the games. But aside from her, the rest of us have no shot. Um, that's not being mean, but those people are crazy at the top. So why do we do the Open and why is it such a big deal for the um, 500,000 people that don't qualify for the games and don't want to qualify for the games? Uh, part of it is the, the globalization of the CrossFit community. So for CrossFit as a whole, um, it's our chance to kind of sweat and bleed together. So think about that those bonds that are formed in the gym from suffering together in our everyday workouts. And now blow that up to a global scale. Everybody in the world is going to be doing that same workout that same time as you in the same way. And so you're gonna feel that same pain. And so that's gonna bring everybody closer together and it's gonna be that common point to rally around. Um, there's a lot of uh, amazing dialogue that happens, a lot of huge big um, first moments. The Open is designed to be all-inclusive, and so what you're gonna see is the programming is typically lighter than you're used to. Um, so the idea for the Open traditionally has been, let's find out how fit you are, let's test your engine. So you see lots of gymnastics, we see lots of light barbells and high repetition workouts. Not to say that it can't get heavy, but traditionally the heavy weight and high skill movements have been saved towards the backside of the workout. So you have to be incredibly fit just to touch the heavy weight. And this is a good way to let everybody do the same workout. And they have introduced in the previous year, uh, years a scaled variation. And so there is an RX and a scaled form of the open, just like there is in the everyday workouts. Um, but the RX ones are usually more obtainable. Um, but my favorite parts about the open is um, all the firsts. So if you've never done a competition, 
what happens when you go to a competition is the adrenaline is so high, um, you have a little bit of skin in the game, and it's it's do or die. And so a lot of big things happen in competition. Um, PRs, um, you know, first pull-ups, first muscle-ups. The open gives you that same opportunity. So in a workout like today, today is a rehash of the, of the open workout, 16.3. It's actually my favorite open workout. It is um, seven-minute AMRAP of 10 power snatches at 75.55 and three bar muscle-ups. Very light barbell and then a higher skill movement. And so um, this is my favorite workout because um, I've coached people through this workout. And so in a regular day, like today, what's gonna happen is you're gonna come in and I'm gonna scale down your muscle-ups because that scale is gonna help you get to the muscle-up the fastest. Rarely do I let you get up there and squirm for 10 minutes and get no reps. But the open is your chance to try that. The open is, okay, um, we're gonna get this RX because you can easily do those 10 power snatches and then you're gonna take the rest of the seven minutes and you're gonna try to get that muscle up if you're close, right? If you have the prerequisite strength and all that stuff, I'm gonna have you try for eight minutes. And when this workout came out in 2016, when I was coaching, I, um, just in the people that I judged alone, saw 12 people get their first bar muscle up on that day. And those moments are huge for the community, they're huge for the gym, and they're huge for the athlete. It's really special for a coach to be able to share that moment with an athlete. And this is why the Open is one of our favorite times as coaches and as affiliate owners. Um, so um, that extra level of intensity that comes with the Open, um, we really relish that because we, not everybody wants to do local competitions, but everybody can do the Open because it's in the safety of our own, our own box. You're around your friends. There's no, um, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay any crazy fees to do the Open. Um, it's a $20 fee. I've already signed up. I definitely recommend that everybody do. Um, signing up for the Open is not required to do the Open, but I have never, I've never seen anybody regret signing up online for the Open. I get to look back since 2014 at my original Open and see how I did and everything. And it's really cool to see my progression of an athlete because you have this distorted, distorted view of your past. Um, and what you used to be able to do in the past. So I get to look back and see where I was four years ago, five years ago. And in my memory, I'm way fitter than I actually was. And so I look back and I see those numbers. I'm like, oh, I really have come a long way. And part of that is um, HQ loves to do retests. Every single year, there's been a repeat workout from a previous year so that over the years, you get to literally do an apples to apples comparison of your increase in your work capacity. Um, that and that work capacity we define as fitness and CrossFit, and so we literally get to see your, that you're fitter. Uh, and it's not on a short time scale, so we like to test and retest in the gym. But it's like, oh, we did, you know, we did this a month ago. Let's see how we are now. And usually, might be a little bit. You might be a little bit fitter, right? But if we look at the open, minimum we're at a one year time scale. In reality, what happens is we're at more of a two, sometimes three year time scale. So you get to repeat a workout that you haven't done in three years. It doesn't matter if you're having a good or bad day. If you're fitter, it's gonna show. And normally the amounts of reps difference is substantial. And it's a, a great opportunity to reflect on how far you've come over the years. Even beyond repeat workouts, you still get to see that as kind of a, your overall performance in the workouts because they are fairly similar sometimes with the, or at least the, the stimuluses, that, that, um, that light, long, super hard ones. 
I shouldn't say long. They're short and light, but they are lots of reps. Um, and then if you are, um, you get ranked across all these different metrics. And so then, um, while I don't want you to compare yourself to any one individual person, it's cool to see how your um, like international placement changes over time because it's an indicator of your fitness. I will say there are a lot more people coming into the sport all the time. So even if you maintain the same across five years, you're a lot fitter because everybody else is a lot fitter too. So the Open gives the affiliates a cool opportunity to build this in-house competition and do these um, this kind of community camaraderie. And for a lot of athletes, the Open is their favorite time, not because of the CrossFit Games, not because of the big athletes, but because of what we get to do inside of the gym. And so um, Sam is going to be releasing information. We're calling this one the um, the... Uh, Battle Royale, I almost forgot. The Kaiser Battle Royale is our is our competition this year, and Sam's going to be releasing a lot of information on that in the coming weeks. Um, we're about a month out from the Open, so um, definitely keep your ears open for that. If you guys have any questions about like the Open, um, how qualification works, how um, where to go to look at stuff, um, definitely go to um, uh, games.crossfit.com and check out Check out previous leaderboards. Check out the media coverage from the games. Um, and I think if you already have an account there, use your same email so you can track your stuff over the years. And um, go check everything out, guys. Uh, all right. If you have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks, guys.